mm-hmm. and the teams are really willing to support the young younger guys. I feel like this. Not that I was in a team 15 years ago, but I feel like there's probably less of a hierarchy these days. Mm. And um, young guys and girls are really able to uh, to step into a team and and take leadership and yeah have all the best tech and mm. equipment and yeah brains behind it all to really help them exceed at a young age. G'day legends and welcome back to the Press Room Podcast presented by Zwift Legends episode 96. Wow, we're getting close to the 100th episode and I tell you what, I'm actually getting a little bit anxious about it because I haven't quite secured the 100th guest but let me tell you, of the two writers I said that I would not uh, continue the pod until I get them, Look, we've got a chance. I'll tell you, there is a legitimate chance that I will find out, hopefully tonight, uh, if 100th is secured. So I am trying for you guys. I'm digging in the heels, doing everything I can, and there is a legitimate chance. Um, so let's just pray for TPR. All of the good wishes. I need everyone to just put your hands together and pray to the good Lord, pray to the universe, pray to anything. Because let's, uh, let's get the 100th over the line. Super excited. But uh, today's guest legends, episode 96, is Lawrence Pithy, the man from Group Palmer FDJ and the man who absolutely smoked everyone at Cadell Evans' Great Ocean Road Race. Um, and he was prolific at the Tour Down Under as well. Lawrence is a Kiwi, like our previous guest, Greg Henderson, and he is a legend, and he's a bit of a people's champ. Um, Once he won Cadell's, if you were across the socials from Twitter to Instagram, you would have noticed this man is very well liked, and um, it's always a measure of uh, sort of how nice of a person you are generally, and how well liked is when people really come from the coffers to, um, to congratulate you as a winner, even if they don't necessarily know you that well. So I was really keen to get to know Lawrence. He's a fan of the pod as well, which is always nice. And this episode is awesome. We had so much fun, and we talk about a whole host of things, including his win at Goodell's, and including the sprint. You've got to go and watch the highlights, the overhead one-kilometer footage, the last 200 meters even, and watch him thread the needle in this sprint. Unbelievable. Not only speed, but courage, but skill as well. There's even a moment where he has to sort of pull back that front wheel to avoid it overlapping in the moment. It's so smooth and just a real exhibition. It, it reminded me of how Sagan used to operate uh, in his heyday going through a messy sprint. So we talk about that and some of the experience that he gained um, and sort of patience that he sort of took uh, from his uh, racing at Two Done Under. You know, we remember the Mount Lofty stage where he chipped away in those final metres. Uh, it, it was really good at sort of detailing what he took from those races and how he applied it to Cadell's. We also talk about running because Lawrence used to be a, a a pretty solid runner and wait till you hear what his park run time was in the off-season. Like, ridiculous. Uh, really, yeah, put me to shame. I've been on my own running journey recently and, uh, yeah, I thought I was moving okay. But, uh, Lawrence, I tell you what, you wait till you hear it. It's very impressive. We also talk about golf. Uh, he's another little thing he's been doing in the off season, which is really cool. Uh, his dream races. So Lawrence sort of picks his races that he thinks, you know, the ones that he dreams about winning, and also the ones that he hopes to do well in uh, in the future. 
his favourite things about home, his favourite things about Europe, um, and many other stories as well that we uh, get stuck into. Uh, I know you guys are going to love. So Lawrence is a huge talent. Uh, he is very similar to Sagan, and not just that, well, he can sprint after a hard race. He's similar to Sagan because he will go for those gaps, and he will take on people in the bunch. He'll headbutt, he'll shoulder, um, he'll try and thread the needle. He's got skill, and he's got that that dog bike racer in him, and I love that. So look out for him this year. Arnold DeMar has moved on from his team, FDJ. He's gone now. So that means that pithy Lawrence, he'll have a lot of leadership in a lot of races. So expect to see him um, at the front uh, quite a lot this year. Uh, really talented guy. So before we get stuck into this episode, Legends, we have to pick a winner from the Bike Racks competition last week. Now, I did say, comment on the post, tag someone, follow Bike Racks, and I also said you had to pick who my favourite sprinter of all time is. It is obvious. Mark Cavendish is my favourite sprinter of all time. He is the GOAT, the greatest. Um, and not just I don't just like him because of those he's the number one sprinter ever. What I love about Cavendish is that he's never been a good cyclist, like physically. His aerobic ability, his threshold, it stinks. It's always stunk. It stunk when he was on the track. It stunk when he was on the road. What he had was his bike racing ability and a real nous on how to race and obviously his sprint. And he combined those two things and he proved a lot of people wrong. And every time somebody doubted him, everyone doubted him, he always believed in himself um, and he was always able to come back and show that he still got it. And that is the reason why he's my favorite uh, rider and favorite sprinter of all time. So I had to pick one. Many of you said Cavendish, but I put it in a little random generator of everyone who said Cavendish. I think it was about 17 of you. Um, and it was Stuart Pepper, so or Pepper Stewart on Instagram. So I've messaged uh, you're going to get the four easy fold bike racks. So I hope you got a lot of bikes, uh, Stuart. And um, yeah, big thanks to bike racks. If you missed out, just go to t- go to bikeracks.com, R-A-K-Z.com, use TPR20. You get 20% off. And seriously, these bike racks are beautiful. They are so nice, easy to use. Um, and if you want to see what they're like, I've got a video on YouTube. You can watch it and see how the install is and what they look like. Or just send me a message. I won't bullshit you. I only tell, um, get the real good brands on this pod, of course. Also, bike, uh, not bike, pro cycling kit sales. The uh, code TPR10 ends this month, okay? So make sure you get to the website and spend. Spend, spend, spend. Get on there. Um, I really actually liked the Group Armor FDJ yellow um, winter fluoro jersey. Uh, So it must be a training jersey. That is a winner for me, particularly if you're um, in a winter climate right now. That is what you want to be training on um, in wintertime. Nice and bright, nice and warm, and kind of a rare piece as well. And finally, the title sponsor of the podcast, Legends, Zwift. We love Zwift. And I love the game. I love the racing. I love the training element, the group rides. And I love that they support TPR Podcast. And they have done for the entirety. I mean, after like the sixth week of the pod being in existence, basically, um, we came together and we have a huge year coming. So a huge thank you to Zwift. You can try it um, online. I think you can get a seven-day trial. If you go to the website, if you haven't given it a go, um, and they've just launched the new Wahoo Kicker Core Zwift 1, okay? Now, what is that? What actually is that? Big name, bit of a crazy name, but basically, this new Hub 1 or Zwift 
core one thing, the hub part of this trainer, okay? You can use any bike on there. So it doesn't matter what gearing you've got. If you've got a five-speed commuter or a nine-speed old-school Cornago or a 12-speed or a 13-speed mountain bike, you can put this on the hub and it makes it turns into virtual shifting. So the cassette doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what cassette your bike has, your bike will go on this trainer. Amazing. And you can actually, I think it's coming out soon, the actual hub part will be available to buy and you can retrofit it, so put it on to your Kicker Core or Wahoo Kicker. So if you've got one of those products, which I do, I've got the two cores at home, you'll be able to put on your take off the cassette off the kicker and the hub part goes on and then you're done. So you can use whatever bike you want. Doesn't matter, no changing cassettes. So I really love that. And um, hopefully later on this year, I'll get one of those units when they come to Australia. Um, I should get one and I'll be able to let you guys know what it feels like. What's the virtual gearing like? Um, you know, how it works and what it feels like and is it worth it um, if you don't already have uh, a nice trainer. So yeah, really cool and check it out. Uh, DC Rainmaker did a cool little thing on it on uh, his website so go check it out if you're interested finally legends a little bit of personal news which i know everyone listens to this pod you might be a little bit interested in this but it's a big moment for me but on saturday i'm getting married can you believe it megan my lovely partner she's in the other room right now but shout out to megan can't wait for saturday really special and then we're going to japan for two weeks um i'm gonna be diving into the ramen i can't wait and maybe we'll see arashiro out there training on the roads i don't know but legends it's time to get stuck into this episode it's lawrence pithy from groupama fdj hope you enjoy and i'll see you on the other side look at that got the two sponsors on and everything yeah i got got a shirt on yeah that's the um the that's the clothing brand, eh? Ru- Ruka? Yeah, Ruka. It's like a Scandinavian kind of brand. That's interesting. Yeah. But it doesn't seem to be the longevity of kit brands or like clothing brands. They don't stay as long as they used to, you know? It's like teams are moving to the fastest setups, you know? Like as I think about BioRacer, they were with Ineos for a while. And then maybe now they're with Uno X and a few other teams. It's like they move and chop and change a lot. Yeah, it's interesting, eh? I've always it's always interesting to see each year what team is running what mm. and uh, how it does change. I guess money plays a massive part in that sort of thing. Oh yeah, you, is that like is Ruka? You give you casual wear and stuff as well? Yeah, just all our casual clothing done by them. Backpacks okay. as well. Yeah. Anything good? Or just jackets, hoodies, that sort of stuff? Yeah, pretty standard stuff, eh? It's yeah. all good stuff, though. Yeah. It's free. Can't complain. What do, you, what do you do with your, your old stuff? Like old sponsor gear or, you know? Because I'm sure yeah. there's stuff that's still in the bag that's got, like, a, a different sponsor on it, right? Yeah, I give most of it away. Nice. You'll see my, you'll see my dad rocking around with most of the old FTJ <laughs> kit. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, um, well, you had, you had nationals, New Zealand nationals on the weekend. Um, as always, looked dry as a bone for the, for the Nats. <laughs> yeah, that was Saturday. So, yeah, it was quite a nice day in the morning. Yeah, pretty flat. Not too much. Uh, not too much wind or rain. The sun was out, but then mm. 
man, those final final laps, the final two laps, we were getting we were getting wet. It was uh yeah yeah it was it was a grippy race actually. It was good fun. Man, it's getting a, it's becoming a tough field, isn't it? It's one of the toughest races to win. That isn't it really? It's getting yeah. And there was a few boys not even there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, it's pretty stacked field this year actually. And without mm. Black Smoke, it made it like a really open and dynamic yeah. race. Yeah, it's um. I was really keen. I was hoping you'd get up on the roadie. I mean, he's still on the podium, pretty good uh, effort. But I was, I just wanted to see what the kit would look like, you know, because FDJ do the national kit so like clean. It would have been a, you know, cool to see what it would, what it would have gone like. It probably just would have been black and white, like two tone. Yeah, the FDJ do a real nice one. It would have been white, white, white jersey, and then black bibs. I'd say. Oh, I was they did they did one for me when I was under twenty three national champ. They did a few under twenty three races. Mm. But I think they would have yeah, they would have made it. Would have for sure gotten gotten some white bibs out. Yeah, yeah. Well wow. <laughs> have have you oh. um had much to do with oh, have you do you get to talk much with Matteo, the the owner, or not much? A, a little bit, yeah. Not not heaps, but um yeah, I've spoken to him quite a bit. He uh he's he works in the background. Right? Yeah, super passionate. Love he must just love cycling. I love I love yeah. seeing those videos of him going wild. You know, like those that classic one of I think maybe when Pino won and he was just going crazy behind the stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good, eh? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Lawrence, uh, you've been back in New Zealand. Were you in New Zealand before or back home before TDU as well? Yeah. I um came came back home in October, straight oh, after the season. Yeah, yeah, so I did Harry Tours as my last race in Europe, and then mm. did all my medical stuff, got the all the pre the pre testing and mm. meetings done, and then yeah, came straight home and had six weeks off the bike, and then yeah, six weeks. You didn't touch yeah. the bicycle for six weeks. Wow, that's that's got to be pretty long. Yeah, I did some other stuff. The first the first few weeks were like completely no exercise, no nothing. Yeah. And then I started running and doing doing a bit of other exercise. Mm. And then yeah, the last week was pretty time to get back on. So I did like a couple of coffee rides. But yeah. 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 I I did see you were getting into a bit of running on the gram. Um what kind of runs were you doing? Are you doing like do you, do you actually get any prescription? Do you say to your coaches, look, I'm going to go for a run? Do they use free ball? No, it's just free balling, eh? Um, did some 5Ks, the park runs, local park runs in Christchurch. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I did this ultra. It was like a 26K around the mountain. It was super fun, actually. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So maybe something to do after cycling. Hmm. What did you peg in the park runs? Were you pushing? Or you just, uh, just yeah, mid mid sixteen minute mark. Mid sixteen. Yeah. Is that that's like three minute, Kate? Three minute eighteen, I think it was my best one. Oof, nice. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that's moving. And do you do you do you run at any other time during the year? No, I don't. Not when I'm racing. Not not during the season. I don't run. I was a runner before cycling, uh, so I had a bit of yeah, a bit of background in it. But 
during yeah. the season. I should do some more just for them bone density. Yeah, the impact. Yeah, because yeah. I thought like especially when you go if you you know professional cycling, you're not really doing as many other sports, let alone running of all things. But like you know, for most cyclists who would just step off and start going for a run, full beans, they'd be pretty sore afterwards. It feels sore as well, like when you you haven't done it for ages. Like your body feels like it's gonna made of glass. <laughs> oh, one hundred percent. I mean, when I start running, I think that's why I don't do it during the season because I'll go to a race and then do just train on the road for a few weeks. And then if I run again, I can't walk for a week. Yeah, your hip flexors are tight. Yeah, like <laughs> everything. So, like, it would really impact the training. I told myself in the off-season, right, I'll just keep doing one or two easy runs short a week. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you start training properly and you don't want to go for a run after a mm. big training ride. And yeah, now, now I know if I go for a run, I won't be able to walk. So yeah. yeah. Okay. I've just started running again. Cause I want to, I used to play rugby before I, uh, cycling and then, you know, didn't touch, you know, didn't do anything, no gym, no running, no nothing for like eight years when it was just everything cycling. And then, maybe started last maybe late last year and like i went super slow into it because i remember maybe it was like you know woodsy told someone on another podcast michael woods i think some of his teammates wanted to um get into running and he was like oh you know just start like 200 meters at a time and then 800 meters walking 200 meters you know just cycle on and off because you'll be so sore and you'll wreck yourself and I was like, yeah, it's pretty good advice. So I started with that method. I was doing like on the treadmill, 200 meters running, 800 meters walking and slowly built up. And that is the way to go. So if you're listening and you want to try a little bit of running, something different, start, start small because if you get injured, you know, when you're just starting, that's the recipe to hang up the boots. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good story actually. Um, All right. I won't name, name who it is, but... Someone did a little run in the off season, and as I was coming back to racing at TDU, I was wondering where he was. And yeah, I heard that he uh, he went. Well, I sent him a message. He went for a run and got a little stress back fracture, oh. and had to spend six weeks in a moon boot. No. Yeah. Wow. Oh, <clears throat> that's bad. Well, you know, yeah. you know, um, you would have ridden with. I guess you would have been teammates with Jensen, eh? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so legend. We love Jensen. And um, when he was back in Oz, you might have seen on his socials, and I'm sure everyone's following and follows him, but he just went out and ran a marathon, like just randomly. <laughs> and then only like five days later, yeah, we had a one of our big gravel races here, Dirty Warney, 200 and – what is it? It's 240Ks off-road, and he had that like four days later. <laughs> Those two things don't go together. Yeah. <laughs> No, <laughs> an eight-hour race and a the <laughs> marathon death march. Oh. Yeah, well, me and me and Pa always said, like, doing a marathon, we didn't think it was that impressive. Like, any we 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 spoke with each other, and we always said, like, anyone can do a marathon. They just got to get out there and do it. But yeah, I think he realized after doing it, it's a little bit harder than. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little easier said than done for sure yeah so um you know congrats on your big win at cadell's mate it was awesome to see and 
just by looking on the social socials like Twitter and Instagram stuff, mate, you are a well loved man. You are a, everyone was so happy for you, mate. It must be um, it's always a good indicator of of someone's um, no good standing with the public and and their friends and stuff when you get lots of praise. I think online it was like genuine praise, so it must have felt great to um, get that win, world to one day win. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was awesome, and getting all that that love and support afterwards was yeah it's super nice feeling and yeah i mean my phone was pinging for days after that yeah messages just flowing in and mm. yeah, it was really cool and really really nice to have that support from everyone and mm. yeah just really felt the love after that mm. Did, what kind of media stuff were you getting were you getting like lots of requests for interviews and articles and lots of stuff like that yeah i mean that was was a massive one for me to win so just the immediate right after the race I'd never really gone through that sort of mm. press press opportunities with 10 people holding a microphone and asking questions so yeah that like initial was was pretty crazy and yeah I mean Cadows is a big race and it's huge in Australia and mm. yeah everyone was super super buzzy after it and yeah, yeah I mean yeah I had some Lots of messages from people. The the NZ News back here picked it up and yeah, yeah did some some talks on the radio shows and stuff. So yeah, that was cool. Yeah. That's wicked. What was it like going on the radio? Did uh, where the shows that you went on? Did they sort of know cycling already? Or were they still pretty green to it? Yeah, no, nah, it was like the sports reporters, so they knew they knew mm. quite a bit already. And I guess it's also massive because it's Olympic year, so. Mm. It also it's a big pickup to them, but yeah, it was yeah it was cool. I didn't realize how many people listened to talkback radio. <laughs> Mum was getting texts and messages saying, "Oh, heard your heard your boy on the radio this morning." I was like, "Oh yeah, cool." There's yeah. no one my age really listens to the radio now. It's all Spotify oh, or yeah, radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> not really, not really my uh. Yeah, I can't can't remember the last time I listened to the radio. So, yeah, neither. There you go. Actually, I was um I, during the Melbourne Water Bowl. I had to do like before and after the race, or during the race, we we're in the convoy, and we're doing the media stuff at the same time for the race. And like we had to do these updates for the radio guy every twenty minutes. You know, they're calling us up. It was like the Water local radio station, and they're like, Jethro, what's the update, mate? Any action?" And we were in the convoy behind the break or something, and yeah, nothing had changed for like a hundred kilometers. The break was still the same. I was like, "Yeah, still the same, Freddie." You know, <laughs> nothing's changed. And he was like, "Oh, who do you think's gonna win?" And how's the weather? And I said he'd asked me that like five times. You know, the last twenty minutes. But I guess some people are listening out there. You know, the radio still yeah, exists. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. If you got a um, like a conspiracy theory you want to pedal to, you know, like just out of the woods and broadcasting to someone. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so, I mean, what I loved about um, Cadell's was the finish. It was, I mean, both the women's and the men's races, that every time there's a circuit race with a nice little hill in it, you know, or something that finishes with a circuit, it's such a good way to show off bike racing. That's what I feel like, you know, you get – the fans get to go on the hill. You see the bunch three or four times or more if it's a world championships. 
the hill means guaranteed action, you know, so it's just so exciting. And then you get that that thrilling finale over the top of Shalumbra the last time when, you know, Plappy was hitting off and and the other boys were um who was it? Trek were having a punt that was really good by yeah. Trek, the little Trek. Um, that finish, mate. What was it like riding like that? Is those final five six k's after Shalumbra must have been bloody hectic in your mind? Yeah, for sure. It was full gas into the the base of that climb. I had had my teammates just try and keep me up there. We kind of knew that I'd probably be the only one from the team getting mm. over it mm. in the front. So their job was really just to base me into the foot of that climb. And then yeah, we went full gas up the climb. Obviously, it's was splitting big time behind, but yeah, I guess Israel just nailing it over the top of Shalumba was what really kept it apart. Because mm. with that descent straight away, it would have been quite easy for like some guys to come back after it, but Stevie just whacking it over the top and keeping the pace on, yeah, for sure, Ooh. it was going to be so hard for for people to come back. And then yeah, it was so such a hard race to to gauge as well because everyone was just going full gas after that second climb um, after Chalumbra. When uh, all those attacks were moving, there was so much so much happening, and you had to be really attentive to who was going where and who had teammates. Mm. But yeah, it was a uh, pretty crazy crazy final. Mm, it was and the fin- such the fin- a too. yeah epic circuit. Oh yeah, that's we need more circuits like that. So easy to televise too. Like race organisers would love that stuff. Broadcasters will love it because you only have to have X amount of cameras, shut down X amount of roads. The circuits are yeah they're the way to go. Um, Lawrence, the sprint was hectic. May was a real uh, yeah. If I look at if when I look at riders and particularly ones who can finish, you know, like classics riders who've got a sprint or just general sprinters as well, the finishers, the ones who are paid to to sprint and win and often have to do it in big bunches or like, you know, groups of 15 or 20 like you did. How you roll and the, and the, the risks you take and the wheels you follow, you can tell who the proper bike racers are and who the ones that are going to lay it on the line, you know, like I think – you know, like Grunewagen's one is in my head. Wellsford's another. That Arnold DeLee, he's a bit of a nutcase as well. Um, yeah. Those guys, are they're crazy. You know, Cav in, the, in their day, um, nutters. But like watching you th- thread that sprint, mate, you know, you had to go across a couple of wheels and I noticed you even you had to pull back your front wheel like as you were trying to go through to, you know, so you didn't overlap. That was mental, mate. Like is that in those moments when you – trying to find your way out is it all instinct or are you actually does it feel like it's going a bit slower in your in in the moment for you yeah i mean it's all instinct really it's split second decisions that's you don't even have time to think about them you just have to have to do it like looking back on it in the moment it felt fine like oh i got through the gap it wasn't that close yeah i had to pull back a little bit but then watching the replay, I was like, "Whoa, that was a little bit closer than <laughs> than what I thought it was in the race." And obviously, there's people around you. Like, there were guys on my hips that were kind of had to move as well as mm. I was moving. Mm. Um, but yeah, it all worked out. Managed to thread the needle and find a gap. 
good to have yeah, it. Could, yeah, you yeah, could, yeah, you got to look at it all the time. Couldn't touch the brakes there, otherwise it would have been lost for sure. Yeah, yeah. And did you fit, did you take anything from? Yeah, you know, you're so you were kind of the right. We didn't really see you in that finale that much because it was you know a bit of trek, it was a bit of plappy. It was uh, in Quinn as well who was popping off. But did you take some like I don't know, just a bit of experience from say that lofty stage? You know, you chipped away at, at towards the end. I mean, that was a great move. And to be honest, I didn't think it was that bad of a move uh, for you at the time. Just didn't pan out. Um, did you take a little bit from that in terms of a bit of patience going into Cadells? Yeah, 100%. Like we talked about having patience in that final. Mm. And usually I think if I hadn't, well, not that you're yeah, looking back on Lofty, it wasn't a bad move for sure. It was yeah. the right thing to do at the time. Mm. Like the best form of defense is attack a yeah. lot of the time. And I was on my knees going over the top of that climb, so I thought <laughs> I might as well go for it. Um, but yeah, going into Kidalas, I definitely knew I had to be more patient and take what I learned on that lofty stage and really implement it into into that final 10Ks at Cadals. Because usually I'd be probably trying to follow Quinn or close gaps myself. Mm. But I really was thinking, right, I can use other guys to, yeah. to do the work for me and not waste energy, completely mm. save it for the sprint. But yeah, Cadalz was really a situation where had to be willing to to lose to win. Mm. Like watching those guys go full gas attacks and just hoping that Israel and other guys are able to pull it back. Mm. It it does hurt, but yeah, it was uh it was a good moment. Mm. Every time you see one of those guys attack for you, you're just thinking, yes, one more, you know, one more. Yeah. Keep burning your bullets. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, 100%. So this year, uh, well, first World Tour win, what do you think um, What do you think you've improved on since last year? Like what's the what, – what part of your attributes do you think has sort of gone to that level without now you are – because you had a really consistent season last year and the year before, your, your progression has been really nice. But obviously there's – Maybe you've just gone up another gear. Maybe just the the base fitness is lifted. Like, what is it? Do you think you can put your finger up? Yeah, I think definitely this year I've used the summer in New Zealand to take a step physically, mm. but then also mentally I've I've moved sort of into more of a leadership role within the team. Mm. With uh with the Ma leaving, it sort of opened up a little gap um, for me to fill in the sprint sprint side of things with uh with paul our other young sprinter but for me yeah i'm more of like a, a versatile sprinter you'll notice i don't really have the the pure punch that the real sprinters have so i have to be a bit more crafty and put myself in the right position so yeah over over summer in nz i worked quite a bit in the gym which i hadn't done since i raced on the track back in 2019 Oh, so that was the first time I'd actually done some proper. And yeah, I think that's really helped just lift my game overall. Mm. And yeah, I mean, last year I never would have, never would have been able to follow those guys on the climbs like I had yeah. been in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah, my power's definitely gone up and my weight's decreased a little bit. So yeah. Mm. Okay. 
Yeah, I think the yeah. um, similar to running, I think when you operate, uh, when you do a bit of work in the gym, you know, it's like you're, okay, you get a little bit of strength gains, you know, it, even if you're not even trying to get that in the gym because it's not always the, the application. But I think it's just your economy. You know, your body gets more efficient at pedaling at X power because it's a little bit stronger. The fibers operate better. You know, they're more in sync. Um, so you just like, it doesn't cost you as much energy, I think you know, when you ride in X watts. So it's probably, I'm not surprised that many riders are getting benefits from it. Yeah, 100%. Mm. Um, so what I, I mean, I saw an article the other day, right? I was just talking about the young riders in the peloton really just dominating. You know, it was, it was looking at all the results so far this year and, you know, all the young boys are, and, and women are, are, are winning it. Um. And what do you? I just wanted to know what do you think about this? Like, what what do you think it is that now it's more of a young man's game? You know, the the under twenty fives really are the ones chopping up all the results these days, as opposed to twenty years ago when it was you know you didn't really start touching the front to your twenty seven plus. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I guess I'm not a hundred percent sure. I haven't been in the in the game for that long. Yeah. So I this is all I've really known. Young guys going good. Mm. I guess we've we've got we've got the technology and resources readily readily available to us these days. Mm-hmm. And the teams are really willing to support the young younger guys. I feel like this not that I was in a team fifteen years ago, but I feel like there's probably less of a hierarchy these days. Mm. And um yeah, the young guys are really able young guys and girls are really able to uh to step into a team and and take leadership and yeah have all the best tech and mm. equipment and yeah brains behind it all to really help them exceed at a young age yeah I've, and it's just happening earlier you know like sports yeah. like nba nfl um you know they create these super athletes you know but they they start in the gym training with coaches strength and conditioning at like 12, 13, you know, and maybe back in the day, you know, the young 15, 16. I can only imagine what the type of training a 15-year-old like George Hincapie was doing, you know, like those sort of guys, like what kind of training sessions were they doing compared yeah. to now? There's obviously a lot more science applied and rolling around eating one gel for like five-hour ride, like things like that. Um, yeah, it's probably – some of the reasons why they're, uh, yeah, the young boys are ripping up. But speaking of which, how good was Finn? He's he's going oh, great. What a legend! So good, eh? Oh, yeah. All the all the Kiwis are crushing it. Yeah, the all the Kayla's so well. So um, Wiley as well taking that national yeah. title, and she was chopping on um, Shalamba as well. Like, yeah, so she, strong. Yeah. Um, Finn's just winning in the wet though, so he's just becoming the, you know, the wet man specialist. Good. So good. Uh, yeah, is, so so awesome to see. Mm. Lawrence, is there anyone in the peloton at the moment that you look up to or sort of think, geez, yeah, you know, when I'm, you know, I'd love to ride like that uh, or, or perform like that in a race. Is anyone you're looking up to? Man, I'm still like a big fan of the sport. So, yeah, there's a few guys. You always like Amanda Pohl and mm. 
and Tade, it's pretty impressive just to watch what those guys do and the way they the way they race, like incredible the power. And being in it, you really appreciate it a lot more seeing what they can do and the way they do it. Mm. Um yeah, for sure. I'm a big fan of those those guys and their aggressive racing style. Mm. But yeah. Well you uh when's yeah, so you you might well I don't know, are you racing MSR? You don't some remote? I don't think so, not at this stage. Okay. I'll um I'll go back to Europe on Thursday, do Kern. Oh sweet, then... yeah. Then into a race with the Conti team, actually the Semlin. Oh, you're doing uh, that sweet, yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I like that one. That was my first ever. Um, was my first ever race in Europe. Um, wow, first was ever it, road race was in it Europe. Wet? Yeah, it was get hectic, and Vanderpol was there actually. Oh, just shit. um, I sat last wheel all day, absolutely, yeah, just shitting myself. Wow. Um never been on those little roads mm. um first race yeah belgium 150 guys it was crazy mm. that set last wheel until i got dropped and just seeing the way vanderpoel was moving that day was incredible riding mm. around little crashes then yeah so yeah mm. i'm happy to go back to that race it'll be nice yeah see where you've um compared you know yeah for sure Oh, sick! I love that race. I really like it. It's a, um, yeah, it's a t- even though it's a smaller race, it's got a good reputation because some big big names have, have done well there. Yeah, it gets a it gets a good start list every year, actually. Yeah, for a one for a one point one, really. I know. I think it's because it's where it sits in the calendar. You know, it's like that yeah. nice warm up into you know go Kerner, go Lesson in, then Omloop's not far away after that. Like. You chomping at the classics riders are chomping at the bits, aren't they, for um yeah. for races at that point of the year? Well, will you um is there a chance of a grand tour this year or TBC? Yeah, so I'm locked in for the Giro at the moment. Oh sweet. Um, yeah, so I'll do the classics and then mm-hmm. crack into the Giro after that. Wow, that's exciting. So, yeah. Does that feel like a big box ticked for you, like or a box two tick, just to get that grand tour done? And are you nervous? Yeah. Like, what are you feeling? Yeah, a box two tick for sure. Last year, I couldn't even imagine myself doing a grand tour. Just way out of my depth, one hundred percent. I didn't think I'd be able to get through it. But now, yeah, a bit more confidence and actually believing that I've got the legs to do three weeks full gas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, initially I was down down for the Vuelta, but unfortunately one of my teammates had a mm. injury, so yeah. I've yeah. taken his spot. And yeah, I'll be getting a month sit in the sprints and the hard finishes. So oh, yeah, really looking forward to it. Sweet, what a great experience! First one, so good. Always seems to level up any rider if you can get through it unscathed. You just come out the other side better. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's why everyone tells me it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a different different rider after a grand tour. Yeah, I mean, when can you when can you get that kind of loading? You know, and that kind of intensity, like it's impossible to replicate anywhere else. Exactly. Uh, so, what we want to know about you, Lawrence, is 
What are your dream races? What's your dream race to race? And what's sort of a race that you think about winning? Maybe it's the race that you're thinking about during a hard interval or something. You know, you might have that moment you just replay on repeat that you're thinking about that happening one day. Do you have one of those? Um, yeah. Growing up, I always wanted to win Torino just because oh. that's a really cool just because that's oh. a really cool trophy. Yeah, yeah. The the um the trident. The big trident, yes. Yeah. Big trophy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that might be a little bit unrealistic. So I might have to find a teammate to win that and steal <laughs> it from him. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um one of the monuments, Flanders, Roubaix, that would be absolutely unbelievable to Mm. just to put one of those on your resume in the career oh. i think yeah yeah you can't beat it have you done roubaix before no no i've never done a monument oh wow okay so yeah. another there's plenty of boxes to tick for you i mean you're only what 21 eh? or 22 yeah yeah 21 my lord mate you got the whole you got so much to come that's awesome yeah um Okay, what about this? Got a couple of questions to end, mate. Uh, yeah, what? So, what's your favourite bit of kit that Group Arm FDJ have uh, have given you? It doesn't have to be your bikes or anything. It could be, but it might be your. Um, I see you got a mattress sponsor too, Temper, and something else. But yeah. What's the deal? What's your favourite bit of kit that you're given this year? I haven't actually slept on the mattress yet. It's sitting at home in my apartment, just outside oh. of Nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to going back and having my first night on that. Nice. Yeah. So um, it could be that, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I'm going to say my phone. This year I got given a new iPhone from the team. Really? Yeah, yeah can't beat it. Nice. That's so yeah. good. Wow. Yeah. That's not even a sponsor. This would have just bought it. Or maybe they have a shop or something. Ah, uh, the way the team works, because we're employees, we get a work phone. Oh, is that like a French thing? Yeah. Oh, that is nice. Yeah, that's a nice perk. Yes. Oh, that's weird. I was going through all the sponsors and I was like, ah, you know, no, no, Apple, Compress Sport, Crystalline, Daniela. Yeah, Compress Sport's good too. What's that? That's like compression it's, uh, gear. Like, yeah, compression gear. They've got like the little team logo on them. Oh, nice. So you'll be able to wearing, train with them? Yeah. I was wearing them uh, after nationals the other day, and my girlfriend goes, nice league warmers. I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> That's <laughs> that gold. Oh, mate, the new phone. you got to love that. Is that the 15? Nah, it was, I don't know what it is, 13, I think, 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah nice. So it started this year. Can't be oh, mine was. Yeah, mine was on its last legs. It lasted me for four and a half years. So, Oh, well done. Impressive. Yeah, it was good. Okay, good answer. Grace, a really good good touch. Um, what's something that you wish was in New Zealand that's only in Europe and vice versa? What's in Europe? No, what's in New Zealand that isn't in Europe? Could be food, could be cafe, could be, I don't know, flora and fauna. I don't know. Probably just the people for me. Hmm. Um, like my friends and family that are in New Zealand can't yeah. really take them to Europe. Hmm. It's like a, we sort of live two lifestyles as a cyclist from New Zealand. I live the in season race 
lifestyle, which is eight months in yeah. Europe, yeah. pretty much by yourself a lot of the time, training. And then, yeah, I come home and it's a complete refresh and restart. I can yeah. see my mates that I haven't seen for most of the year and, mm. yeah, train on home roads again. So, yeah, I guess I guess Europe is definitely becoming more of a home for me now um, as I'm going into my fourth year this year in Europe. So, yeah, yeah. yeah but definitely just the people, if I could bring – bring my core group of people from New Zealand to Europe and just have them with me. That would be pretty nice. But, oh, that's a great answer, mate. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I imagine it's tough, you know, being away from everyone for that period. I'm sure like there's just that element of FOMO of your friends being back home and things like that. Do you catch up like Zoom calls or just group calls or just the, the on the chat throughout the year? Yeah, for sure. You got to keep in touch. And yeah, yeah, we do keep in touch pretty well. So. Mm. Hard with the time zones as well, though. Like, yeah, you're waking up and they're going to bed, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it doesn't make it easy, but mm. yeah, there's ways around it, which is good. Yeah, there is. One of my mates, uh, my good mates, is in Colombia at the moment. He's been traveling to South America for ages, like the whole year. And you know, I've been best mates with him since I don't know, like 17 years, mate. And, uh, wow. you know, we just, yeah, we just use like Zoom calls and on the chat. We just, sometimes we'll just send each other a bulk selection of pictures that was just in our phone for the last month, you know, and that almost tells the story, you know, just a whole yeah. heap of shit that you've just taken photos of where you were, what you're doing. And that's all we need to do. We just send bulk photos and go, oh, yeah, you know, see what they're going up to. Yeah, mm. of course. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, good. What um what's something in when you're racing, Lawrence, that riders will do in the peloton that's annoying? Because we our listeners might not know the same that happens that people do is annoying. Does that is there something that people do, you know, without naming people out? Things that people do that are annoying, apart from like chopping you up kilometer ten. Yeah, that's the usual, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you always have those same guys doing the same shit. <laughs> That's bloody annoying. Yeah, um, That's it, yeah. Know, what about feed zone? Does it get weird there when you get your feed bags and shit? Is anyone like, I don't know, is this etiquette you got to follow? Or Yeah, I guess you try and get out of people's ways who's trying to go for a feed or something. Mm. Um. Things that are annoying. People who excessively sweat when it's hot and it oh. like spray it sprays on you when you're behind them. That's, That's really gross. annoying. That's yeah. gross. Yeah, that happens to all of us. We all know that. It's just you get these little beads that hit you. Yeah. You're like, this is gross. I've got to get behind someone else. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, for me, I'm not very good at peeing on the bike. Oh the yeah. People who can do that. It's a bit of bit of envy from me. A little bit of jealousy. Mm, for sure. What a skill. Yeah. Are, are you a golf man? Yeah, I got into golf last off-season. Really? I wanna, yeah. A few of my mates back home who I went to high school with play quite a bit. Right. Um, so I'd always do my training and then go play nine holes or get yeah. around and after training. That was really good. I brought a brand new set of clubs with my brother and I haven't played this off-season that much, so, well. While I've been back home, I've just been focusing on the training. Yeah. It takes a bit um, of time too, golf, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. 
it's such a good good thing though i i never thought i was always like super energetic i never thought i'd enjoy golf mm. just like that's, that's it's similar to cycling isn't it because like yeah. i don't know if you've ever i've actually sometimes play solo all the time i've got plenty of mates that i play with but if i just want to go out and play i'll go play with randoms just pair me up whoever's on the tee time and yeah, it's very much like cycling, just riding in a bunch ride. You might be paired with someone you don't even know or riding next to someone you don't know. But you're just talking shit, but you're kind of focusing on the, the golf or the cycling. You know, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I guess it's like, it's a sport where you can get better with practice. Yes. That's what I love about it. Like mm-hmm. you can see improvement. Mm. And especially when you're like a real beginner, that improvement oh, yeah. can come really quickly. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a love hate relationship though. Yeah, you think you go really well, and then you play like one bad shot, and it just like throws you off. Eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it tests your character. That's for sure. It does. I, the reason why I thought of that is because you, you mentioned peeing on the bike. It just made me think of some of the videos I was watching on the this competition that's on the waste management open. That's yeah. on, and oh my god, mate! I don't know if you've seen the videos on the, the internet, but Look them up. It's, these yeah, people, it's unreal way. Oh, mate. These, if, you have, if you don't know what that is, it's like one of the big golf competitions. And it's got a reputation for people just getting on the terps and making a fool of themselves. Like the guy, there was a dude that ran onto the green, jumped in the um, bunker and did like a snow angel like while they're playing <laughs> with his shirt off. Well, like... They tried to do it, do uh, do a hole like that in Australia at the Live. At Adelaide. Mm. Yeah, it was sick. That yeah, was also yeah. pretty cool. Not yeah, quite I, the same, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, PJ tried to do the same, but that, yeah, I've got to get to a Live. That would be, um, yeah, that would be cool, actually. It looks hectic. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, Lawrence, any final words, man? Who should I, who should we get on the pod, actually? What do you think? Who should be on there? You've covered some good Kiwis recently. You, mm. yeah, you got Finn, mm. got Ali. I'm trying to think of other Kiwis who uh, could be keen and mm. trying to think of good talkers. Hey, you, you tick them off, eh? You've mm. even, yeah, you've spoken to a lot of Tommy G. I listened to your Tommy G podcast, Thomas Globe. Oh, yeah, he's a good dude, isn't he? Yeah. He's a good character, right? Yeah, he's a legend. Hopefully he's he's on the up. He's had some concussion issues or some sort of injuries. A bit of bad run there. Yeah. But yeah, he, he, uh, poor, he shattered his kneecap. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. He's on, he's on the comeback, though. Good, good man. He's good energy. I like him. Um, what's, What about on your team? Any decent English speakers of the in your team? Uh, speak to Lewis Askew. Oh, British yes. guy. Good call. Yeah, yeah he's a comedian. Mm. Asky, all right. Lewis is on my radar. Great. Yeah, yeah. Me and him are <laughs> me and him are pretty close. We've got a good relationship in the team, and oh. yeah, he's he's a good he's a good chat. You have a good oh. yarn with him. All right, I'll I'll make sure I hit you up with some questions so you can stitch him up. Yeah. Have you had plow on? You haven't had plow on, have you? Oh, no, not yet. Well, I had him on a little bit at Worlds. He did a little um, segment. But I've, yeah. I've yeah, got to know Plough a little bit just at some local races here. Um, and that one's coming. But I'm I'm waiting for uh, – what am I waiting for? Just uh, 
I no, need no, them no. to do something. No. <laughs> do something. I <laughs> <laughs> should have got him after the marathon. No, you know, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. Maybe a little bit of just wait for him because – you know, uh, and I might maybe loosely call Plough a, a, a mate because we've seen each other a little bit at some races. Great dude. But um, I always feel like people are more up to talk and chat shit, even if you know them well, just when things are going nicely, you know. So I want to yeah. try and catch riders when they're in their best mood because things are going well off the bike, on the bike, you know, and, and um, it's just better for everyone. Yeah, for sure, of course. Yeah, but oh, playoffs, like we talk shit all day. Um, yeah, he'd yeah. be a bit rogue. You might have to yeah. listen to some of that. Good story, so. Oh, I've heard a few of them, mate. Dude. Yeah. The one with the to... bike went missing. That was uh, in the water. That was a classic. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be yeah. repeated. Have um, to ask him about some of our dark days and there's and some back in 2022. Oh, yeah. I'm going to message him now. I'm going to message him. That's, yeah. yeah, we need that. Um, man, I think we're all frothing to see what you can do for the rest of the year, man. And um, even just being consistent, you know, this is yeah. get through that grand tour. That'll be fantastic, eh? Yeah, big goals. So hopefully yeah. we can continue. Got good mm-hmm. momentum heading to Europe. So looking mm-hmm. forward to it. Well, will you fly? Do you get first class flights? Nah, come on, economy. Economy, good man. Just sticking to yeah. the people, you know, man of the people. Yeah. Not like bloody, running. not like bloody Wellsford putting his feet up. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> what a flex! <laughs> uh, three wins at TDU. I guess you can do that. Well, yeah, oh, same UCI points as Cadell's or similar. Yeah, it's oh, not man. like he's a. It's not like he's that tall anyway. Economy <laughs> would feel like business for him. Oh, it's gold. Oh man, it was good, great to chat, dude. And um, yeah. I, Drop this one on Wednesday. Should be pretty good. Sweet. Too easy. All right, man. Take care and we'll chat throughout the season, eh? But yeah, sounds good. Keep in touch. All right. See you, Bill. Sweet, mate. Have a good one. Ciao. That's another episode of the Press Room Podcast done and dusted. Number 96 out of the way. We're getting ever so close to that big 100th. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you very much to Lawrence Pithy for coming on the pod. Follow him this year. Seriously, team. He's going to be He's a big project. Um, and he's going to get a lot of leadership roles at FTJ. Very exciting. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a review on Apple. I did read one from, I think it was an in, a New Zealand person uh i don't know i can't remember the name but thank you it really made me smile um i read everyone and uh yeah if you loved it leave me a review or send me a message um on instagram on the page the press room podcast and legends i'll see you next week for another episode of tpr catch up